Welcome to Patricia Raskin Positive Living, the program that brings you practical and inspiring principles for living more authentic, engaging, and passionate lives. Created by Patricia Raskin, a catalyst for positive change. All comments, views, and opinions are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. And now, with Patricia Raskin Positive Living, here's your host, Patricia Raskin. Turn life into an extraordinary experience. Welcome, Neil. Well, hi. Thank you very much. Yeah, thank you. If you could speak up, please. I'll try to. Thank you. Great. Great. All right. You know, this book that you say, Happier Than God, Turn Your Ordinary Life into an Extraordinary Experience, this is a tough time now for many, many people. And in your book, you talk about how people can thrive in tough times. Explain that. Well, you know, um, I, I come from a peculiar mindset about all of this, and uh, it's sometimes difficult for people to uh, to embrace um, during tough times, especially. But let me, since you asked the question, let me uh, um, move into that just a bit. I have a thought that number one, God exists. That that is, there is a God. And uh, I have a thought that we have uh, access to that God, that we have direct access to that which God is, and that we can use that direct access in a powerful and meaningful and consistently predictable way. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not the only person who thinks that. A lot, almost every religion thinks that, and yeah. um, most of the major religions teach that, each in their own way. And there are many other philosophies and understandings of life uh, that teach that as well. So I'm not alone in that thought, but I think I uh, I have a, an idea around it that might be just a little bit different. I have a thought as well that all things, and this is what's contained in the book, When Everything Changes, Change Everything, which incidentally is my most recent book. You had them reversed, Happier Than God was published about two years ago. And When Everything Changes, Change Everything has only been out a few months. But those are my, my most two recent books, and one follows the other quite logically. And what, when everything changes, change everything has to say about how to be happier than God is that we, it's all about, and I hate to sound predictable here, but point of view in a particular way, in a particular way. It's not just simply positive thinking. It's more than that. It's understanding really the mechanics of the universe and how life works at its most fundamental, at its most basic level. There's something going on here, Patricia, on the Earth, and for that matter, in all of life. And we might loosely call that evolution. There's a process in place, one thing leading to another uh, in a a sequence. And we hold the idea uh, within this framework that evolution requires things to always be changing and for the better. That is, evolution cannot work backwards. So things happen in the universe, whether we're talking about gigantic things like black holes that swallow entire uh, galaxies or, or entire solar systems, or small things like a disappointment here on the Earth when you go to work and find out that you've been laid off or maybe even fired or simply didn't get the promotion that you wanted. So whether we're talking about big events or relatively small events in life, the same process is at work. So let me ask you, Neil, then, are you saying that there's a reason for all of this, that there's no happenstance, that everything almost happens according to some kind of master plan? 
I don't think there's a master plan so much in the sense of someone's got it all worked out ahead of time and, uh, in, in a master plan kind of way. I think there's a master plan in the, in the sense of a mechanism that works uh, perfectly, so, like the, like the uh, uh, mechanism inside your watch. It, mm-hmm. would, it couldn't be said that, that there's a master plan inside your watch, but there is a precise mechanism that works without fail in the same way every time. So in that sense, it's not so much a master plan that someone has it figured out, oh, I'm going to see, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to make sure that Joe loses his job on Tuesday, loses his house on Wednesday, and loses his family on Thursday because his wife has left him. Yeah, that's what we're going to do. What a great idea. What a great plan. Mm-hmm. So it's not, it's not, not, not exactly like that. But there is a mechanism in place, like the mechanism in your watch, that moves inexorably toward the next grandest opportunity for life itself to demonstrate itself in the ways that it has chosen to do, given who and what we are. So here's what I'm hearing. What you're saying is when everything changes, meaning whether there's a loss, whether you've lost a job, whether you've lost a partner, whether your health has changed, your finances have changed, when, when a door seems to close, then what you're saying here is change everything by looking at what opportunity that opens. That's exactly right, and you will always always find it. And, and here's the proof of that is in the pudding, by the way, Patricia. I want to tell you something. I've been talking about this now all over the world uh, for the past year or so, and I have speaking engagements from here to Berlin and back, and I ask people, if, how many of you have had a major alteration or shift, some kind of a change in your life that might have been unexpected and that you would have called unwanted mm-hmm. in the past year or two, and almost uh, 90% of the hands go up. This is a phenomenon that's occurring now in people's lives mm. as life begins to move faster and faster. Then I ask them, how many of you have experienced a change in your life at some time that you thought was one of the worst things that could ever happen to you, which you have, suddenly, which you have subsequently looked back on and realized it was one of the best things that ever happened mm-hmm. to you? And again, 90% of the hands go up. Yeah. And I say then to the audience, consider the possibility that what is happening now, you will feel about in a few months or years exactly the way you feel about what happened back right. then. However, with that, and I can attest to everything you said. I mean, if you ask me about that, my hand would be up on both of those questions. However, if I look at the worst thing that happened to me now, looking back, that it's the best thing, in that process from the worst to the best has been a lot of pain in growth, I mean, it has not been an easy process. Only, only because you don't know what's going on. If you, if you, with respect, I would say that if you understood what was going on, if you knew that it was a one step up the ladder, if you knew that it was part of a process that will lead inexorably to what is best for you, you would then eliminate what, what is causing the pain, I would suggest, and Buddhists understand this perfectly, of course, what is causing the pain is our attachment to the way things are yes. and, and our attachment to nothing being uh, different from the way things are and mm-hmm. our attachment to outcomes. If, but if we, let, as, as some of the new thought people say these days, let go and let God, my point of view about this is, you know, God, I don't understand exactly what's going on right here, right now, and I'm real clear that if I look at this a certain way, I can feel injured, hurt, disappointed, frustrated, and painful. This is a painful experience if I look at it in a certain way. I'm also very clear that if I have imminent faith, complete faith in you, God, 
knowing that what is best for me is coming to me now and that this is the only avenue to get to that, then I would not only not feel painful, I would actually say thank you. That is why I teach in all of my retreats, gratitude is the attitude, and my favorite prayer of all time is this one, one one-sentence prayer that I share with everyone. Thank you, God, for helping me to understand that this circumstance and this problem has already been solved for me. Mm. Mm. You know, when, when you're talking, I often think of there are so many folks in our, in our culture and in our world who have addictions, you know, whether, and the addictions can go on and on, not just drug or, or alcohol or sex or food, but it could be shopping, it could be workaholism, gambling. There are millions of people, and the tw- I have heard from so many people and have seen that 12-step groups, when you, when you surrender to the higher power and to God, is for many people the only thing that has helped them with those addictive patterns. Yes, and, and I can understand why. The problem in the world today for, for the people that you mentioned, for most people, myself included, by the way, I'm not talking down on this, I'm one of those people, is that most of us are living lives of are living a case of mistaken identity. That is, our lives are simply a case of mistaken identity. We what do don't you mean? know who we are. We have no idea who we are, where we are, why we are where we are, and what we're doing here. And so we think that life is about what it's not about, and we spend much of our time, if not all of our time, worrying about things that have nothing to do with the reason that we actually came to the earth in this form that we call physicality. Hmm. Once we Can shift you give our... us an example of that? Oh, sure. I, I, uh, if I think... Uh, look, before I understood all of this, I thought that my life was about what my father told me it was about, which for, in my case was, you know, get the girl, get the car, get the job, get the house get the promotion, get the office in the corner, get the kids, get the grandkids, get the other promotion, get the big salary, get the second house, get the bigger car, mm-hmm. you know, get the gray hair, get the retirement watch, get the illness, and get the hell out. See, it's just, it's just, a, just a pathway from, from you know, my, the age of 20 it's to the age funny, of 80. not funny, but I mean when you say it that way. And I thought that that's what my life was about, all the stuff, you see, that was going on in my life. Mm. Only when I had my conversation with God experience, and only when I had the experience that preceded that, which you may or may not know, included living on the street for a year. Mm. After I lived on the street for a year as a street person, with my hand out asking for quarters and nickels and dimes, and literally asking for a nickel or a dime because I had nothing, and I had no way to eat that day, and I did that for a solid year because of things, circumstances that occurred in my life, not the least of which was an automobile accident in which I broke my neck, and the insurance company didn't want to pay until I didn't need the money. Then they, then they did pay years later, mm. but after, after years of squabbling. In the meantime, I'm on the street wearing a Philadelphia collar to support my head because my neck wouldn't do it, mm. and nobody would hire me. There's a, the Hollywood made a movie about this, by the way, mm. and it's called Conversations with God. And uh, having gone through that kind of a circumstance and situation in my life, it was only when I came out on the other side of that tunnel, when I came out on the other side of that whole experience, that I began to understand, oh, I get it. It ha- my life has nothing to do, and I mean nothing to do, with what I thought it had to do with. 
it's not about my, my job or my work or or the clothes in my closet or the kind of now you know when I talk this way everybody understands it I, I stand in front of audiences heads starting to start to nod of course we know it's not about the size of your car the size of your house the size of your wallet we understand it's not about your bank account and all that we all understand that and yet we live as if we don't mm-hmm. and so wow all right we're going to take a break and when we come back we have a lot to talk about okay <laughs> wow my guest is the renowned best-selling author and inspirational speaker neil donald walsh and he is the best-selling author of the book that a lot of us know about which is conversations with god and actually conversations with god is a series that uh, was a nine-book series and he has many other books, including Happier Than God. And his newest book is When Everything Changes, Change Everything. And you can log on to neildonaldwalsh.com. Is that correct? neildonaldwalsh.com? Yes. Okay. All right, folks, you're listening to Patricia Raskin, Positive Living, right here on voiceamerica.com. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. News. Opinion. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Hey, Dad. What? I can't get the ketchup bottle open. Here, let me try. Here you go. Thanks. You don't have to be a hero to be a hero. When you adopt a child from foster care, just being there makes all the difference. To learn more, call 1-888-200-4005. A public service announcement brought to you by Adopt US Kids, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, and the Ad Council. Wielding power, shaping environments and outcomes, and making things happen are all essential characteristics of great leaders. Yet these qualities alone are not enough to ensure your success. In a complex world, how do you decide what's most important to you? In your career, your relationships, your finances, your family, in the world around you, in the whole of your life at large. Dr. Joseph Riggio, the host of Leadership Intuition, says that personal leadership, the desire to take charge of your life, is the key to creating futures that work and building a life worth living. Join Joseph as he reveals the power of uncovering and living your own personal mythology, the key to personal transformation, exquisite performance, and social influence. Learn to look inside and discover your personal mythology and unique leadership style. Go beyond conventional advice and discover your unique success blueprint on Leadership Intuitions with Dr. Joseph Riggio each Friday at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern on the Voice America channel. Leadership Intuitions, power, achievement, relationships. If you want to get ahead, you have to stand out from the crowd, the clutter, and the competition. Are you? Tune in each week for Standing Out with Lauren Saunier. Lauren and her guests have the secrets that can help you and your business get noticed, get attention, and achieve your desired results no matter where you're starting from. Standing Out with Lauren Saunier, live every Friday at 12 noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Get ready to be a marketing machine. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Hi, everyone. We are back. You are listening to Patricia Raskin Positive Living right here on VoiceAmerica.com. And we have um, really an amazing author on today. I'm very proud to have on the program. His name is Neil Donald Walsh. 
He's the author of the Conversations with God series of books, six of which reached the New York Times nonfiction bestsellers list. His life and work have helped to create a worldwide spiritual renaissance, and his writings have been translated into 37 languages and read by millions. He has several new books. Uh, one of his books, which just became a paperback from hardcover, is Happier Than God, and that's Turn Ordinary Life into an Extraordinary Experience. And then his newest book, Hot Off the Press, is When Everything Changes, Change Everything. In a time of upheaval, in a time of upheaval, a doorway to peace. And you can log on to neildonaldwalsh.com, which is W-A-L-S-C-H.com. Welcome back, Neil. Okay, we were talking about when everything changes, change everything, and that's the name of your book. And I I want to tie a little bit of happier than God in here too, which is about you know how we look at things that happen to us and how we can turn them around. And we were talking about people in financial crisis. This is a tough time for a lot of people, particularly people who have lost their 401Ks or they've lost their job and they're really, really scared. Now, as you said, you went on the street for a while, which really uh, talks about knowing what it's like to have nothing. But what practical advice would you give to people who are in financial straits right now? Well, it, <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm not sure it's practical from from the point of view of most people. But spirituality uh, often, uh, or dealing with God, often doesn't feel practical. It feels uh, that it falls into the realm of the miraculous uh, mm-hmm. or, or the impractical. So the first piece of practical advice I would give is to become very impractical. That is, not to cons- not to not to how do I say this? Not to take your situation too seriously in the sense that. To know that at, at, uh, it's, it's all going to come out all right. Sometimes, as my wonderful friend Chris Williamson sings in her music, sometimes it takes a rainy day to, to know that everything's going to be all right. Mm-hmm. And, and um, so to just, that, that's the first thing is, is to adjust your point of view to see what is currently going on, not as a tragedy, even though it might be a difficult, but difficult does not mean tragic, it, not, not as a tragedy, but as a passage as a passageway through to, <clears throat> excuse me, the, the next step uh, in the process of your own uh, evolution, the next step uh, in your own journey here on the earth. But you know what? Uh, that would be very difficult for people to embrace uh, in, any, in any kind of functional way if they didn't understand what their journey was. When I talk about people's journey, uh, uh, they, they start, you know, they start scoffing and raising their eyebrows and and, and they, they begin to wonder you know what kind of a madman I am or, or they think that I'm one of these fluffy people who walks around in Brooklyn stuff mm-hmm. and is totally out of touch with real life except that I'm not I, as, as you've mentioned I've been in, very much in touch with real life I should say just by way of background I spent most of my life as a very down-to-earth guy working in a very high-level management jobs both in newspapers and radio and television ultimately for public school systems and so forth mm-hmm. so I've had those kinds of desk jobs where I went to work, came home, and did what I needed to do, made a fairly good living at it, uh, if not a very good living, actually, in one of those cases. And nevertheless, uh, I really was clear when I got to the age of 50, you know what, I'm totally out of touch here. I don't have any idea what I'm doing here. I began to ask those middle-of-the-night questions. Who am I, and what am I doing here? Is this really about getting through now till I'm 65 or 68 and I can retire? And then, you know, maybe travel a bit to the Bahamas and whatever, and then I'll be 73, and then I hope I can just not get too sick and have reasonably good, healthy yeah. retirement years. I mean, what, what is this all about? What's happening here? 
and, and who, who really am I? So the first piece of practical advice I'd give to somebody who's in the situation you've described is I'd begin to search deeply the larger questions of life and ask, what is my identity? That is, who am I in, in, in actuality? What is my purpose for being here on the earth? Is it possible that there's something more going on here that I don't understand? The full understanding of which would change everything. And I, I begin to also ask questions like, how does, how does life work? What makes things happen? Is it possibly true? What people have said from the beginning of time, and in more, in more contemporary years, way back in the in the first world war years, back in the twenties and in the in the in the nineteen in nineteen nineteen and there, when they were talking about the, you know um, affirmations and 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 making conscious choices, and then and then. Uh, Back in the 40s, when Norman Vincent Peale came out with a wonderful book, *The Power of Positive Thinking*, mm-hmm. and the, and then you know just a few years ago with the with the law of attraction being the big next big thing and very much so the secret and so forth and so you know is there anything to that? I'd begin asking questions like that real fast if I was in the situation you're talking about, and I would begin to exploring and experimenting with those kinds of metaphysics to see if there is, in fact, in the universe, a mechanism in place that can alter and shift uh, our on-the-ground reality. And the book, Happier Than God, in fact, reveals what that mechanism is quite specifically. You know, I'd like to ask your opinion about the secret, because that has been such a, uh, there's been a groundswell of, um, and there's been some controversy about the secret as well. Well, I, I, I'm just frankly, I'm disappointed uh, in the movie, I'm, which is tough to say because I'm in it. But, but, mm-hmm. but, but they came and filmed me, and I, I gave them about an hour and a half or two worth of material, and they used about 90 seconds of me, mm-hmm. largely because I didn't say the things they wanted me to say. I, did, I didn't say all the things that they wanted. I took the, uh, the inquiry into a different direction. My disappointment in the movie The Secret and the book as well is that not? I have no no question with regard to principle. I think it's perfectly accurate with regard to the spiritual principle, which is the law of attraction. However, my 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 sadness about the movie The Secret is that it was all turned inward toward a person's individual um, and frankly rather physical desires. Mm-hmm. The, the the movie showed pictures of ladies suddenly discovering diamond necklaces around their bodice, mm-hmm. and men going out into the driveway and seeing their wonderful new car, and even an eleven year old boy looking out the window and seeing a new bike in the driveway. So it, was it was all too about, materialistic. Yeah, it was all ac- exactly all acquisition of stuff, stuff, stuff. Mm-hmm. And I thought to myself, now wait a minute, now wait just a minute. If the law of attraction really works, why did the movie not spend one minute? Mind you, not 60 seconds discussing how to use that power to create world peace, mm-hmm. as an example, or to end poverty, or to relieve suffering. Why was the entire movie, from the first minute to the last, about how you can get more stuff in your life? And I thought to myself, well, you know, by golly, I almost wish I wasn't in that movie. Well, and maybe that's because that's what people want. Well, that's the problem. And when they don't get it, they get to be very unhappy, which is why I wrote the book Happier Than God, which was an antidote mm-hmm. to the movie. But, you know, but, Neil, I do want to say something here. You know, I've heard this saying, and I actually believe it. You know, money, money doesn't buy happiness, but poverty doesn't either. No, but poverty lets you know what happiness really is. It, it, it puts you in, believe me, I, 
I'm not talking here uh, theoretically or conceptually. I've been in poverty. Reminding you again, I spent not a while. You said, Neil, it's been a while in the street. A year is not a while. Try it. A weekend is a while. A month is a while. Perhaps six months is a while. A year is a long time. Mm. I, I invite you to just take, relieve yourself of all your physical possessions except one set of clothes and maybe a backpack and then go outside and spend the next year there. And you'll find out how long a year is. And so and, I and, and I listen to that, and I'm saying I don't know if that would make me happy. No, no, no. It wouldn't make you happy. It might not make you happy. I'm not saying that it would. What I'm saying is that it would put you in touch with what true happiness is. And you'd get very clear that true happiness wasn't stuff. It wasn't how many cars you have in the driveway or how many bedrooms you have in your house. Or, or how many necklaces you have around your body. And what is it then? <laughs> Expressing and experiencing fully and completely the essence of who you are and creating a way in which all those who you love can do the same. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, and you think, do you think that's rare? Do you think um, that is not common? I think it's extraordinarily rare, which is why the world is the way it is. I'm going to say to you that 98% of the world's people have no idea what I'm just talking about now. Mm-hmm. That is, I mean, functionally. They understand it conceptually, mm-hmm. but they're, you know, they're raising their eyebrows. And, oh, boy. Another, you know, another Berkeley Birkenstock guy. You know, but, but you know what? Uh, the people who do understand what I'm talking about, like Thich Nhat Hanh, the wonderful Buddhist monk, who would agree with every word I've just spoken, by the way. Thich Nhat Hanh is not concerned about how many cars he has in the driveway. It doesn't concern him. He, you know, he, he has a bowl full of rice twice a day, and he's perfectly happy. What, what's going on with him? What does he know that we don't know? How is it possible for him to be so happy living in a monastery someplace in Plum Village in, in southern France, and we're sitting over here unhappy because the, the, the Congress just passed a, a health bill that allows 30 million Americans who couldn't do it otherwise to suddenly have health insurance? You know, where are our priorities? What yes, is going on? I, I hear you. I hear you. And, and yet, um, you know, in talking to the, to the everyday person who is struggling with the everyday issues and who probably wouldn't stretch themselves in that way to go on the street, what is it that you can say that helps them to start to find that inner part of themselves? Um, helps someone else find the inner part of themselves. Hmm. Uh, the most important message I ever got in conversations with God was this. Because, again, I want to repeat, I've been there. I have been there in spades. And I called out to God. I guess the first thing I would say to people is call out to God. If you have no belief in God, then try to conjure one up. By the way, it's not necessary to believe in God in order for God to help you, incidentally. <laughs> but it, but it, 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 can, it can be of assistance, for sure. All right, we're going to take a break, and then I'm going to have you clarify that you don't have to believe in God for God to help you. That's fascinating. My guest today is the best-selling author, Neil Donald Walsh, and he has his book was Conversations with God, the series that has been translated into many languages. He has many other books. Um, his book, Happier Than God, has just been released in paperback, and his newest book is When Everything Changes, Change Everything. You can log on to Neil Donald Walsh, W-A-L-S-C-H. You're listening to Patricia Raskin, Positive Living, right here on voiceamerica.com. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Ask 
the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your questions. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Do you know that over 70% of Americans with severe disabilities are unemployed? Are you one of the 2.5 million Americans with epilepsy? If you are, or know someone struggling with these issues, tune in to Disability Matters with Joyce Bender. On the show, Joyce will discuss these issues as well as others. She will have on nationally known guests that will offer helpful insight on disability matters and let you, the listener, call in with your questions and concerns. So if you struggle with a disability or know someone who does, listen to Disability Matters with Joyce Bender. Heard every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time here on VoiceAmerica.com. Dialogue is the single most powerful leadership tool we have to make a difference in the world. Leading conversations with host Cheryl Esposito creates a place for that dialogue. Tune into the Voice America Business Channel every Friday as Cheryl hosts new conversations among leaders from around the world in business, government, art, economics, and social change. We'll explore big ideas and everyday actions and learn how their own leadership has led them to discover a newfound sense of possibility in the world. Leading conversations with Cheryl Esposito, bringing big thinkers together in conversations that make a difference right here on the Voice America Business Channel every Friday morning at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Are you ready to go green? You've asked and we've heard you. Voice America presents the Green Talk Network. Environmental topics are at the forefront of our society and the Green Talk Network is here to keep you up to date on the latest trends and innovations for the eco-conscious lifestyle. We'll help promote a variety of ideas on the environment from global warming issues to how you can become more eco-friendly in your daily activities. Be a part of the solution, not the problem. Visit the Green Talk Network page on voiceamerica.com and tune in to help spread the green. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Well, hello, everyone. We are back. You are listening to Patricia Raskin, Positive Living, right here on VoiceAmerica.com. And I have an amazing, best-selling author on the program who's extremely inspiring. His name is Neil Donald Walsh. And he has written more than 20 books on spirituality and its practical application in everyday life, including the multi-million selling With God series, Conversations with God, Books 1 to 3, Friendship with God, Communion with God, The New Revelations, Tomorrow's God, What God Wants, and Home with God. Seven of those books reached the New York Times bestseller list. He is the creator of several nonprofit organizations, and he has a couple of new books, one of his books is Happier Than God that has just been re-released in paperback. And his newest book, which we're talking about today, is When Everything Changes, Change Everything. Welcome back, Neil. Thanks. Hey, you know, when we're talking about God, and you said before the break, you don't have to believe in God for God to work in your life. That's a big statement. Well, it, it is, I guess. Uh, but And then again, maybe it's not. Maybe it's perfectly obvious. Because, um, see... <laughs> Even even for those who think of God uh, in a more orthodox or shall I say traditional way, what I've just said would would apparently be true or would be clearly obvious because the, even those who believe in God understand that God is not interested. The God in, in whom we believe, those of us who do, 
is not interested in preaching to the choir. I mean, God is looking for the lost sheep, so to speak. That is, that God is there for uh, everyone. And, um, you know, the rain falls, what, what does it say? The rain falls on the just and the unjust alike. So what's true is that that which we, we refer to as God is, does not have a point of view about us that says, no, 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 see, I only help you. I'm only, I'm only going to love you if, uh, if you uh, serve me and honor me and love me. Uh, this God, who is the true God of the universe, loves all things unconditionally and does not require anything from us in order to love us and to serve us and to be available to us in a loving way. What, how we, do you, uh, I don't know if the word is reconcile, but how do you explain, and you've written so many books on conversations with God, if you ask God this question, how do you, how do you justify the Holocaust or Darfur or um, any of the genocides that have happened in the world, what would you say? Well, if I asked God that question, God would say, how do you justify it? God would say, you're doing that, not me. All I've done is give you free will. You're the ones. You human beings are the ones who created the Holocaust, who created Darfur, who created all the pain and suffering on the earth. Why are you doing that? Why, would, why in the world would you do that to each other? Mm-hmm. So, so, and, and it's a very important question, but it's not a question to be taken lightly. But I think we have to get real clear who's doing it. And, and then, we get, then we get to question ourselves rather than question the universe or question God or question life. We get to question humanity itself. We get to look at ourselves in the mirror and say, why in the world indeed would we allow this to happen? Why in the world indeed would we permit this to go on? What is wrong with us? What is it that, what is it that we don't understand, the understanding of which would change everything? Mm-hmm. And the, when we begin to question ourselves in that way, we start the answers begin to become very clear. Let, let me roll out something with you, if I can, Patricia. Mm-hmm. This will just take two or three minutes. The problem in the world today is that we keep trying to solve the problem in the world today at every level except the level at which the problem exists. For instance, we think it's a political problem. So we throw politics at it. That is, we try to do power plays with people in the United Nations and in the various legislative assemblies of the world, and that doesn't work. We don't get anywhere. Nothing, nothing changes. So then we say, okay, it's not a political problem. It must be an economic problem. So we throw money at it, or we withhold money from it, as in the form of sanctions, but nothing changes. Then we say, okay, it's not an economic problem. It must be a military problem. And we throw bullets and bombs at it, but nothing changes. Then when we get tired of throwing bullets and bombs at it, we go back to the bargaining table. We say, you know what we have to do? Throw more politics at it. Back to the top of the circle. Back where we started from. Let's get to the bargaining table. So we try to call a truce, stop the war, and start bargaining again. Then we start using money again. Then we get frustrated and start using bombs again. Round and round and round she goes. And where she stops, nobody knows. Because the problem in the world today is not a political problem. It's not an economic problem, and it's not a military problem. The problem in the world today is a spiritual problem. Mm -hmm. And it can only be solved by spiritual means. Mm -hmm. We must make decisions, huge spiritual decisions. Who are we in relationship to each other? What is the purpose of life? What are we doing here? What happens after death, if anything? What is the point of it all? And then, how do our day-to-day, moment-to-moment behaviors 
integrate with that understanding and make and reflect it, or do they not? But you see, we we can't get to where we say we want to go if we have no idea where we're going. Yeah. What are some of the questions that people come up to you and ask you when you've given a workshop? They kind of scratch their head and they say, but Neil, what about this? What do you get? <laughs> well, they, they, first of all, they, they want to know, you know how I can be so sure. They, they want to know why God talked to me and not to them. But in terms mm. of their, in, in terms of, and of course I have answers for all that, but it, in terms of their individual lives, they want to know how to apply See, how to get out of the trap that they're in, how to apply the information that they hear from me, because most people, not everyone, but most people will start nodding their head yes when they hear me talking. They walk around, they say, you know, this guy's got it. I mean, he's right. Not that he's the only one on the planet who's right. Many people are saying this, but he's one of many who are saying this. How many times do we have to hear this until we get clear that this is, in fact, what is correct? So the question they start asking me is, how can I apply this as a practical matter in the day-to-day of my life? Next Thursday at 4 in the afternoon, okay, I what do you pick say up to my that? kids from school, and, you know, and, and they've just been, you know, bullied on the playground, or my husband comes home and says he's just lost his job, or, you know, how does it work then? That's what they ask. And what do you say? Darn if I know. No, I don't. I'm just kidding. I'm just having a lot of fun. <laughs> I tell them, you've got to go back to the beginning. You've got to call all the players in the game together, husband, wife, kids, family, friends, whoever, whoever you can gather you know, wherever two or more are gathered, you've got to sit down and begin talking quietly, and I might even want to say praying, if, if you know, in, in a traditional sense. You, you need to sit down together and start at the beginning and begin to ask each other and to answer for each other the fundamental questions of life. You need to form a new bond with those who love you and those that you love. Again, with your husband, your spouse, your family, your friends, your mother, your father, your children, all those who are important to you and are involved in your day-to-day life. And you need to sit down with them, not in a woe is me, what are we going to do session, but rather sit down with them in a session where we begin to uh, uh, go back to the beginning and say, okay, let's talk a little bit here. Not just about what's going on. Oh, my God, Dad just lost his job. Not just about what's happening to us. Oh, my God, Tommy got bullied on, bullied on the playground today at school. No, but But rather... Who are we? What is life about? And let's ask those questions. Is there a God? Do you have a soul? What is your purpose on the planet? Why are we here? Mm. And, and by the way, what relationship do we have, if any, to the things that are occurring in our life? If I had a, an older person, a, a person, not, I'm not talking about a six- or an eight-year-old, but someone a bit older who could understand these things, I would say, who do you imagine is causing that? I have people in my workshops all the time who have lost their job. I say, who created you losing your job? And the person says, I suppose you're going to tell me that I created that. I said, well, I, I don't know. I'm asking you. I'm asking you. Do you think you had anything whatsoever at any metaphysical level to do with that, at least as a co-creation, that you and your boss co-created it together? Or do you think you're simply the victim of circumstances? Mm-hmm. See, if you play yourself, place yourself in the role of victim, you're going to have one point of view about what happened and one idea about what to do next. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, if you imagine yourself to be at the very least a co-creator of the event, you'll have another point of view about what happened and about what to do next. Point of view is everything. Mm, absolutely. 
Thank you so much for being on the program. It was very inspirational, Neil. You're welcome. Thank you. How can people find you or get your books? Well, you know, my uh, email, I mean, my uh, website address, I have a backdoor address. It's kind of an abbreviation. It's ndwhome.com. That gets now, N, N is in Neil. Yep. D is in Donald. W is in Walsh. Yeah. Home. Dot com. That gets them to my home page. And there they'll find any book that they want to purchase that I may have written and get in touch with other kinds of programs and opportunities that are available to them as well. Can people write to you on the site? Oh, yes. I answer people every single day. There's a place on the site called the Reader's Forum in the Messenger Circle, and I, I talk back and forth with readers almost hourly every day of my life. And they'll get to me right, get right to me right there. There's also a section called Ask Neil, where they can ask me the very questions you're asking me, and I send an individual answer right to their email box, right to their private email box. Thank you so much for being on the program. You're welcome. Thank you. Yes, and, and stay on the line. My guest has been Neil Donald Walsh. He uh, is the, the author of the Multimillion Selling with God series, including Conversations with God. We've been talking about his newer books, Happier with God, and his newest book, which is When Everything Changes, Change Everything. Folks, and you can log on to neildowdenwatch.com or ndwhome.com. Folks, you've been listening to Patricia Raskin, Positive Living, right here on voiceamerica.com. Remember, stay healthy, stay happy, get the support you need, and know you can make your dreams come true. And write to me, Patricia at patriciaraskin.com. I'd love to hear from you and send you a copy of my newsletter. Until next week, I'm Patricia Raskin. Bye for now. Thank you.